Well, churches, uh, we are continuing our series in the Apostles' Creed, and today we come to uh, the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And so in this one sermon, I'm gonna clear everything up that you've ever had. Any questions you've had on the Holy Spirit in 35 minutes? And so hope you uh, stay focused and in right. Uh, But no, my, my goal today is really to help us to see something about who he is. And we're gonna use the illustration of a diamond, and I'll get to that in a moment. But as you turn a diamond you see the beauty of different angles and how the light fractures off it. And at the very end of this, my goal is that you would look to God, the Holy Spirit, and be in awe of who he is, what he's done, how he's at work, that you would worship him and follow him as he leads. So to begin, I wanna give you an illustration about my daughter. I've got two daughters, one named Kiana and another named Shasera. And we celebrated a few Christmases. We celebrate every Christmas every year. But uh, we celebrated a few Christmases ago. And we woke her up and we brought her downstairs. And we had a gift that was hidden underneath a blanket. And so we go bring her over to it. And she's like, I'm so excited. You know, I can't wait to open it. I wonder what it is. And uh, she takes the blanket and she rips it off. And there is a scooter right underneath it. And she's like, man, this is awesome. I love it. What is it? And we're like, it's a scooter. You know, you ride on it. She's like, oh, this is great. She's like standing on it backwards, you know, with the handles here and trying to figure out what a scooter is. And if you think about it, uh, that's how often you and I present or have an idea of the gift of the Holy Spirit. We know we have him, but we aren't really sure maybe who he is or what he does or how he works, just like my daughter, Kiana. So because of this, most Christians, we fall in two different categories when it comes to the Holy Spirit, don't we? On one hand, we view or relate to him maybe in a really unique or mystical way, right? Our experiences with the Holy Spirit might coincide with an emotional experience. It might be brought on by like an emotional musical crescendo or an electric guitar or a pastor goes on a literated role and we're like, oh man, the Holy Spirit's at work here. And on the other hand, sometimes maybe in reaction to that, we neglect the ministry of the Holy Spirit altogether. And so in this, we believe in the Holy Spirit, but we, we relate to him kind of like our pituitary gland, right? You, you, you're grateful that your pituitary gland's there, and you know it's essential for something, but you don't pay too much attention to it unless maybe something goes wrong. So you and I may know, or we might treat the Holy Spirit like this. And so this was me for many years. For me, the Holy Trinity was like this. It was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Bible was kind of how I looked at the Trinity. But yet in Scripture, my friends, Scripture indicates that God is always desiring to be close and personal amongst his people. If you remember in Scripture, Adam and Eve, they walked in the cool of the garden with God. God dwelt amongst his people in the pillar of cloud and fire. He descended upon them in the temple with his presence. The Israelites even gave him the name Jehovah Shema, the God who is there. Now, through the Holy Spirit, God is even closer than ever, churches. God is not just God with us. He's God in us. Amen? Scripture indicates that God is wanting to be close to you, to draw close to you, to do something in us and through us. So there's three big questions we want to unpack today, right? Who is the Holy Spirit? What does he do, and why does that even matter for us? And so I wanna give you a statement. We've been using the Apostles' Creed, and I wanna give you some handles about how to hang on to what do we believe 
about the Holy Spirit. And so both churches affirm this statement together. This is one of the reasons why we partnered together, right? And so let me read this statement. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. He's fully divine. He inspired holy men of old to write the scriptures. Through illumination, he enables mankind to understand its scriptural truth. The Holy Spirit, he exalts Christ. The Holy Spirit convicts people of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He calls people to the Savior. He affects regeneration inside of them. At the moment of regeneration, the Holy Spirit baptizes every believer into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit cultivates Christian character in us. Guys, he comforts us. He bestows the spiritual gifts on us by which we serve God and serve his church. Then he seals the believer unto the day of final redemption. His presence in the Christian is the guarantee that God will bring the believer into the fullness of the stature of Christ. He enlightens and empowers the believer and the church in worship, evangelism, and service. And then the next slide, you can see that there's, I didn't just pull this from my mind. Bland and I didn't get in a corner and say, what should we think the Holy Spirit has to say? We gather this from the references of the scriptures. And so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take this diamond, this beautiful image of the Holy Spirit that we just looked at, and we're gonna begin to shift it over and over. We're gonna look at four shifts. The Holy Spirit's presence in the Trinity, shifted again, the Holy Spirit's presence in the world, shifted again, the presence in the Christian and then shifted again the presence of the Holy Spirit in the church. And guys, my purpose again for this is this, that it would elevate your affection for God. It would increase your comfort that you have in him, and it would propel your obedience to wanna follow the Spirit's leading in your life. Amen? You guys ready for it? Good, okay, here's the first thing, guys. Let's look at the first angle of the diamond, hold it up to the light, and let's see the beauty of the Holy Spirit in the Trinity. And as we looked at that statement, it says this, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, fully divine. Now, this might be a shocker for us as we unpack this doctrine or this view of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the, the word Trinity uh, cannot be found in the Bible. This, this idea of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is, but the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Well, there's only one God, Scripture teaches us that he eternally exists as three persons, but co-equal persons without division of nature, essence, or being. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In other words, here's what we're saying. The Holy Spirit is not like a force in the Star Wars, okay? He's not just some impersonal, distant force, but he's a real person. Listen, this is what the Bible teaches about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit creates. He has a mind. He considers. He even grieves. He intercedes on our behalf. He testifies to us, and he even speaks to us personally. Not in personal force, personal God. All persons of the Trinity are equally God. Each person is fully God. Each person is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present, eternal, and unchanging. The one essence of God and three distinct but equal persons and let me show you this in scripture. If you look in the Bible, the very beginning chapter, Genesis 1, shows us this beautiful God on display. It upholds this diamond, and you can see him. It says this, in the beginning, God, God the Father, created the heavens and the earth, verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and the darkness was hovering over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, 
was hovering over the face of the waters. In verse three, and God said, this is God the Son, let there be light. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the very first part of the Bible to show you something about himself. And so every analogy, friends, falls short. Every metaphor will fall short. But you can maybe think of the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, this way. I'm not your mathematician. You can ask any of my teachers. But this idea might be helpful for you. Some of us may think that it's one plus one plus one equals three gods, but it would be sort of more like this. It would be one times one times one equals one. If you Check one, two. Is that good? Okay. Let me go ahead and take this guy off. All right, we good on that math equation? (laughs) One times one times one. Scripture reveals how each person of the Trinity fulfills differing yet specific roles in their relationship with each other and with Christians and the world. Guys, this is fascinating how each person of the Trinity is relating to us. And and the biggest way we see this on display is in redemption, how you and I, Christian, how we came to faith. Guys, this is mind-blowing, how the unity of the Trinity brought you and I to faith. Let me share this with you from 2 Peter chapter 1. It says, we are redeemed according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and the sprinkling of his blood. So guys, what do we see here? We see that the Father designed, organized, and he set a plan in motion for how mankind, you and I, would be redeemed. He set into motion a complex set of events and and actions and prophecies which culminated in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. God the Son then joyfully carried out this plan that God the Father put in motion. He willfully, Jesus, followed the Father's instructions, came to earth, and even though he, it meant that he would have to live a perfect life and die in our place sacrificially, he did it willfully for you and for me to have a place with God. And what does the Holy Spirit do? He takes what God the Father planned, what Jesus accomplished, and then the Holy Spirit applies it to us. You know what he does? He sees fit that every person feels a call towards God's saving grace. And he ensures it for those that the Father had planned and the Son had paid for. The Spirit makes sure that he applies. The Holy Spirit transforms the lives and hearts of those who receive salvation through Jesus Christ. And it increases their joy and trust and hope in God for God's glory and our good. So, what do we see here, even in the beginning, about the Holy Spirit? We see that they're working together. They are equal with divine attributes. Each person relates to humanity in a different way, but has a specific role for his glory. The Father plans. Jesus Christ implements that plan. The Holy Spirit administers that plan. Let me pause on the doctrine heady stuff for just a moment. Do you know what that realizes? You know what that means for you and I? That means that there can be unity in the midst of diversity for us. You 
get the idea of unity and community from God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We get the idea of unity from him. So friends, if you think about in your community and in this church, we all serve different roles. Some of you in leadership, some of you set up in tear down, some of you community groups, uh, some of you kids ministry, some of you different varying ministries, but you are all equal to walk in unity because it was displayed in the Trinity. And what's so beautiful is if you have come to faith in Jesus, it's because the Holy Spirit personally, he himself brought you conviction of sin in the beautiful picture of Jesus. It's because of the Holy Spirit, amen? That's the first part of the diamond. Let's shift it. We saw him in the Trinity now, and let's shift him again. Let's see, what does the Holy Spirit do in the world around us? We saw a high picture of the Trinity. What does he do in the persons, but what does he do in the world around us? Now, let me take this from the second part of our, uh, sort of our statement that we were working through. It says this, the Holy Spirit inspired holy men to write the scriptures. And this was over 40 authors spanning over 1,500 years. Through illumination, the Holy Spirit enables mankind to understand truth. And he exalts Jesus. He convicts people of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He calls people to the Savior and he affects regeneration. So guys, we're gonna walk through this at a quick speed, but I want you to see what does he do in the world? What is he doing right now in 2021? Praise God, we're out of 2020, amen? Amen. And what's he doing now in the midst of everything? The first thing he did is what he did in the world. He says, I'm gonna inspire scripture so that you could know him. God gave us the holy words of God so that we could know something about his love for us, his grace for us, the purpose we have in him, the love of what he's done by sending Jesus to the cross. Guys, we wouldn't know that without the holy scriptures telling us something about real life history, about what Jesus has done for us. And the Holy Spirit will say, I will take 40 authors over 1,500 and create something that has unity, historical accuracy, theological precision, and I will, I will keep that intact in for many generations so that people could know something about me. That's what the Holy Spirit did for you and for me. First Peter chapter one says, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but mankind spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. You have the Bible, Why? Because God wants you to know him and he wants to know you through it. Second Timothy 3 says this, all scripture, everything in our Bible, all scripture is breathed out by God. It's profitable for teaching, for rebuke, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God or the people of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. The Holy Spirit inspired the scriptures so you could know him. He also illumines or he gives understanding of the scriptures. Not only did God give it to us, but he helped us to understand what does this mean for me? How do I obey this? If you've ever been reading the Bible and you have that aha moment, guess who gave you the aha moment? The Holy Spirit did. As you understand something and you begin to obey it, guess who is doing that for you? The Holy Spirit is. If you ever felt called by something in the scriptures and seek to obey it, guess who's doing that in you? The Holy Spirit. Spirit, he enables people to understand the truth and wisdom. He gives us knowledge by which we can understand God. How do I know that? First Corinthians chapter two. The spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him. 
So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And he's taken those thoughts and he's made it known to us. We also see that the Holy Spirit, he calls out our sin. Now, none of us really like that, right? No one wants to be called out. Anybody raise your hand? I love being called out on my stuff. Anybody, right? Like none of us, right? We don't like that DNA time or that small group time or that men's time where someone's like, all the group's like looking at you like, remember what Pastor Bland talked about on Sunday? I'm about to call you out. Like no one likes that person, but the Holy Spirit is not there to condemn you, but to draw you close to him. John 16, or uh, John chapter 16 says this, and when the Holy Spirit comes, what does he do? He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in Jesus. Guys, listen, without the Holy Spirit, we would not have a spiritual awareness of sin and its painful effect on our lives. And for a person to be convinced of God's existence and of Christ's salvation on the cross, the Holy Spirit first must point out how we've strayed from God's benevolent design for human flourishing, and he convicts them of this. This sin-confronting ministry is not to condemn a person, but to bring about an awareness so that there is a better life offered for them in God because of Jesus. This ministry of the Holy Spirit continues through the Christian's life as the Spirit regenerates a person. He deeper convicts them of the life that God intended them to have. Guys, it's just like this example. If I took my daughters and we were going on a walk and they wanted to step into traffic on our street or we live right by uh, the B-line and if we were walking across and uh, let's say Kiana got a little bit ahead of me, of course I would call out to her, Kiana, stop. And why would I call out? That? She's looking at me now. She's like, I didn't do anything, dad. <laughs> Kiana, it's okay, honey. You, you're doing good, baby. I was just using a, daddy's using a joke, okay? Not joke. You guys get it. Um, if I were to say, Kiana, stop. She would know, my daddy's telling me to stop, I need to listen. Am I being unkind to her? Even if I grabbed her arm and pulled her back and she was like, ow, maybe because I, maybe I pinched a little skin on her arm. Would I be unkind to call her back from something that would destroy her? Of course not. If you've ever felt convicted by sin, something that you were doing that was outside of God's design for your good and flourishing, that's the Holy Spirit telling you, come back. Not come back to this set of laws, but come back to this way of love that I have for you, the way I've designed you to live for your flourishing. So God calls us out to sin so we would come closer to him. He also, he draws our attention to Christ. This is one of the, the Holy Spirit's ministry in John 15. It says, when the helper comes, this is the Holy Spirit, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will be a witness about me. The Holy Spirit's job is to say, let me just come shine a spotlight on Jesus. I, I know I helped out a church one time. They were a super big church and I was super excited because I thought I was gonna get like a you know, great responsibility to care for them. And they're like, hey dude, can you go way up in the rafters and just hold the spotlight on the speaker the entire time? Like the whole time, like how many days is it? They're like, it's like three days and you'll just like follow them around with the thing. And I'm, so I'm up there, it's like sweating hot and I'm just taking the spotlight and I'm just following whoever is speaking the whole entire time. And so I'm thinking about the, the role of the Holy Spirit and his job is to put attention on the Holy Spirit, put attention on God the Son so that you could have life in Jesus. He's pointing you not to yourself, not to your future, but the ways of Jesus. And friends, that might be happening to you today. So I wanna take a moment to even consider, is there an area of your life that the Holy Spirit is drawing you to obedience? 
Is there an area of maybe sin or distraction, uh, an area of dissension in your marriage with your kids and community group? Is there someone in your life that you feel like the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do something, prompting you to go somewhere, prompting you to stay somewhere? And are you listening to him? How is he leading you? How is he drawing your attention to the ways of Jesus? We also know that the Holy Spirit, he gives new life. Hearing God's call to embrace Christ requires a new spirit-given life. Listen, Christ does not um, just give us this salvation. He gives that ministry to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's the one that literally gives us new life. So if you're a Christian, God gave you the gift of life and faith in him, and that's because of the person of the Holy Spirit. More specifically, what I mean by that, he gives us faith. That sounds crazy. God didn't, you know, bypass our or our thoughts or our desires or as we contemplated maybe the reliability of the Bible or the evidence of the resurrection. The Spirit didn't bypass that, but the Spirit literally gave us the faith to where we could believe in Jesus. That was a gift to you, my friend, a gift to you. Here's how we get that. From Ephesians chapter two, it says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins and therefore we were unable to believe, saying this faith is by the Holy Spirit. Even uh, Luther says this, it captures the point that he's making. He says, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. It's by only the Holy Spirit through the gospel that enlightened to me his work on the cross. That's what Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 are about, that salvation is a gift by grace. Are you saved by faith? So the gift is your faith. Friends, if you believe in Jesus, it's because he wooed your heart, gave you the evidences, helped you piece through out of all the things you to give your life to, there's so many things. Who was it that caused you to believe? It was a ministry of the Holy Spirit caused you to believe, it was a gift. When our hearts and our minds were set against him, he came to you so much so wanting a relationship with you that he even helped give you the gift of faith so you could put it in Jesus. This is very intimate and very personal. God wanted to be in a relationship with you this much. Let's speed forward a little bit and let's look at the third side of this diamond. We look at how the Holy Spirit's in the Trinity and what does he do in the world? He's convicting those of sin. He's drawing people to faith in Jesus. He gave us the Bible, he enables us to see it. He's giving new life in the world. But now what is he doing in you now? What is he doing in you every single day of your life, in your marriage, in your job? What's he doing in you? And again, this is taken right from that uh, statement that our both churches believe. We take it from this, it says this. At the moment of regeneration or the moment you believed, he baptized every believer into the body of Christ. He cultivates Christian character. He comforts believers. He seals the believer unto the day of final redemption. His presence in the Christian is the guarantee that God will bring the believer into the fullness of the stature of Christ. So let me show you the progression, Christian, that God will never give up on you. See this clearly, no matter what sin or what struggle, what hardship, what failure, let me show you this God that will never give up on you. The first thing he does is that he regenerates you by the gift of the Holy Spirit. He gives you the faith to believe in him. He changes your heart. He puts you in a relationship with him. He gives you the gift of repentance so you can turn 
away from your sin. You see Jesus more as loving and perfect. Then he justifies you. He takes you into the courtroom of heaven. He takes the gavel and he says, innocent. Then he looks at you and says, righteous. And then he adopts you to his family. He takes care of you each and every day of your life. He sanctifies you. He begins to push out the areas of your life that will hurt you and your flesh. And then God, over time, he keeps your salvation so you don't even lose it. He grows you. He watches out for you. Romans 8, 28 says that we know that in all things, God works out everything according to our good for his glory. We know this, that God continued to work in us and for us. In the end of time, God will bring everything in your life and he'll culminate it in heaven where he's with you for all of time. And the fact that God even started that before the beginning of the world, God foreknew, he predestined that you be a part of his family. This is all work of the Holy Spirit. Guys, this is powerful to consider. All the work of the ministry that the Holy Spirit did before you were born, he knew he wanted you. So person who's in this room, who you're struggling in marriage, you don't feel like your spouse wants you, you don't feel desired. If you're in this room and you're single, am I ever gonna be good enough to be married? Will anyone want me? And you may believe those lies and struggle with those things. There's one that before the foundation of the world wanted you knew your name, knew when the time and order of events that you would be brought into this time and space. Jesus knew your name when he went to the cross and bore everything you would ever do against him. And the Holy Spirit through the, all the course of your life would be coming after you, pursuing you, wanting you, desiring you. And then he would give you the faith to believe and then God would keep you his even when you ran from him. He would keep you his all the way until you see God face in glory one day. This is what he does for you. And what this does keeps you from abandoning your marriage because maybe your spouse is doing something that's dishonoring. It keeps you from leaving your family or keeps you loving your kids because you know that God has love for you so you don't have to search for it anymore. You can be at peace and rest knowing that God promised to work out all things for your good. So whatever hardship, whatever challenge you're going through, the Holy Spirit is ensuring that it works out for your good. If you're running slides, we're on number six. <laughs> I know we've got lots of slides here. Six, he joins us to God, we talked about. In the Bible, it says that we're baptized into the body of Christ. Romans chapter six, Roman, John chapter three talks about this idea of us uh, being born again. We're being joined or united to God. And this is all of his work. We also see in the next one that God seals us. This is a beautiful one about the Holy Spirit's work in your life, Christian. Ephesians chapter one, it says this, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. Do you know what this means? This indicates the Holy Spirit's presence in your life is irreversible. This is a powerful thought. You are sealed with him. If I can take a moment to pause here and just share, excited to highlight for my family that coincides with this. Um, we got to adopt my daughter, Kiana, which Koa Brookline, you would remember her as the screaming loud one in your Koa Kids ministry uh, when she first joined our family. Uh, we fostered to adopt her. She's here from, uh, she was born here in Boston. Um, thank you, Shasira. My other kids give me a thumbs up. Thank you. Um, and so when she was joining our family, we were eager in praying for her adoption. The environment she was in and the things she was going through was really trying in her biological family. And uh, by God's grace, we're able to 
belong and love and support and, and care. But I remember it was over the pandemic, it was my wife's 30th birthday, and it was also Kiana's adoption day in the very same day. So it was the greatest birthday present that Emily ever wanted was to be uh, a mother, and God provided that through Kiana on her uh, birthday. But it was what was the, the judge said uh, that day that was so powerful when it came to this. Uh, the judge, we were over the Zoom call, and she was signing papers, and she's saying, you are forever and irrevocably Kiana's mom and dad. And if you're on the call, you know that Emily and I are crying. Those words forever and irrevocably, forever and always, irreversible, her family. This is so powerful to someone who's not my blood becoming my family, not my flesh becoming my daughter. And my friends, through the Holy Spirit, you are forever and irrevocably his. No matter what guilt no matter what shame, no matter what you've done, I want my daughter to come to me. No matter what she did, it's not, oh, I can't, I'm afraid to tell dad. It's I gotta tell dad because I know he'll help me. He loves me no matter what. That's how the Holy Spirit sees each of you. You're his, you've been adopted, you've been brought in and you are irrevocably and forever God's because of the Holy Spirit. My friend, if you could lose your salvation, you would have already done it the second after you became a Christian, right? Amen? I know some of you, half of you, it would happen like the second it happened, right? Right? Same thing with me. The Holy Spirit forever and always will keep you his own. Friend, if you're a guest, no matter how far you've run, no matter what you've done, there is one that can run faster and further than you to catch you where you are with his love and grace and embrace. My friends, there is no better news than the good news of Jesus. And you've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit coming together to seal the Christian, a seal authenticates something as his, it secures it forever, and a seal is a mark of ownership from this verse. So God is not lording over you as some dictator boss, but he's ruling over you in such a way that he promises to work out all things for your good and to be with you no matter how far you run, he'll meet you there. My friends, this is good news about Jesus, but it even gets better about the Holy Spirit here. It says this, that we also see that the Holy Spirit is the one who comforts us. Like this is his ministry to comfort. You have the person in your community group that's probably really good at comforting. And then you have that really person in your community group that has a really good job of like making you feel bad, right? Like here's, they're like the truth person. They got the comfort person and they're normally not the same person, right? You got like the truth person. They're like, oh, you just got to tell them the truth. And they're often like the grace person. The beauty of the Holy Spirit is that he's both full of grace, full of truth, and his ministry is comfort. We know this from the scriptures. Uh, we know it says, children of God discover the deepest comfort uh, from our heavenly father when we, by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, echo uh, to Jesus, we say, Abba, Father. Jesus' obedience secured our gospel certainty. The Holy Spirit warms our hearts and he comforts us. Guys, if you've ever been reminded by scripture, if you've ever had a song come to your mind before or after, you, you uh, maybe deliberately sin, if you're being reminded by the truths, th there's a comfort ministry. We see this happen in the church. If you're going through something and you have someone in your community group that has a word, who gave that person the word from the scriptures? The Holy Spirit did. His ministry is to comfort. So I would even say to you guys in community group, if you feel like you're to comfort a brother and sister, know that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you to bring that word of comfort to your brother or sister in Christ in your community group. Ministry is to bring comfort where you and I struggle. Guys, this is one of my favorite ones in this last section is that he prays, listen, guys, this is crazy. He prays for us. 
Can you think about that just for a moment? The Holy Spirit assists believers in prayer, Jude 1.20, but he also intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God, Romans 8, 26 through 27. Guys, this is mind-blowing. Listen to this. This says this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to his will. Do you realize what this means? This means that my wife and I's biggest pain points in my life, when we're staring down infertility, Time after time after time after test after test after test for year after year after year, unable to have kids, and there's this pain point in our lives. You know who's praying for me? God. What? God's praying for me. The Holy Spirit is praying, interceding for me when I don't know how to pray. Guys, whatever you're struggling with, whatever hardship, God is praying for you. He's always gonna do it according to will. So you know what that looks like? I don't know. But here's what I imagine it looking like. I imagine God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit having what you and I might perceive as some sort of elders meeting. And they're evaluating, they already know, they foreknew, they, they know all the things of your life, but in real time, there's a real time prayer for you. I can imagine God the Holy Spirit saying, hey, this is, this is the one that we all, Father, you planned for the salvation. Jesus remember purchasing them on the cross. This is, this is Aaron. This is Sarah, this is Tim, this is Rebecca, this is Brandon. Let's take a moment. This is Edison. Let's take a moment and I'm gonna pray for them. I see what they're going through. I'm alongside of them. I'm whispering truths to their heart, putting people in their lives. I'm bringing sermons, I'm bringing worship songs. I'm providing for them. I'm making sure whatever hardship or whatever sin in their life is gonna work out for their good. But let's take this time and let's pray and let's work on their behalf. That's mind-blowing to me. So that means that in your hardship right now, in your marriage, when you feel like no one else sees what you're going on, the hardship, the lonely nights that you have with your little ones where they won't stop screaming, crying, you can't get an ounce of sleep. Do you know who's ministering to you? The Holy Spirit is ministering to you, praying for your strength, praying for your endurance. He sees you, he gets you, he knows you. This is his ministry, church, and it's a powerful ministry because not only does he keep you in the faith, but he also is continually keeping with you every step of the way. My friends, this is the last part of the diamond. Let's shift it one more time. And let's see not only what he does in the life of the Christians in the church, but what's he do with the church, us as a whole? What's he doing in Cold Brighton? What's he doing in Cold Brooklyn? What's he doing in community groups? We've been through a really tough two years, haven't we? The things we've seen people move and the, hardships in our marriages and maybe things all not going together. God sees this. And let me share with you what he's doing in this for you. Here's a statement. It says, he bestows, the Holy Spirit bestows the spiritual gifts on by which they serve God through his church. He enlightens and he empowers the believer in the church for worship. Evangelism is in service. Guys, do you know what his ministry to us is? This is powerful. God speaks to us. He's talking, I-N-G, continually talking to us. The Spirit changes our attitudes towards the receptivity of God's word. Christ's sheep, they hear and they recognize his voice because it's the voice of our Father, it's our shepherd. 
Christians, their, their ears are attuned to the voice of the Spirit in the Scriptures and through the preaching and the teaching of God's Word. Their hearts are open to it. And so here's what happens. The Holy Spirit wants to talk to you. Not just save you and then cold and distant the rest of your life and then you see Jesus face to face. Like he wants to talk to you. He does it primarily through his word. You open it up and he's saying, this word is useful for teaching and for rebuking and for correcting and for righteousness and to know about me. And so God gives us his word to speak to us. Guys, he's given you each other. Do you know why you may feel distant from God? Because you're also distant from his church and God puts his spirit in his church so that you could feel close to God. My friend, do not pull out of community group. Do not pull out of the gathering of the saints because God speaks and he comforts, he cares through the gathering of the saints, amen? Excuse me, if I, I don't, I'm not trying to be angry. I'm trying to be passionate because I want you to experience and walk with Jesus. I understand that sometimes it can be fiery and I mean, I'm only like, you know, hundred and whatever pounds and I'm just kind of like a Napoleon complex. I'm like, ah, oh, just kind of yelling up here. But I want you to see this, this heart that God wants to walk with you and he does it through his people. He brings it through his people. You and I are temple of the Holy Spirit to live in. And God's speaking to you, God's speaking through you. He's giving you the sword of his word. He speaks through the church. He speaks through circumstances in the spirit. But how can you discern all that on your own? So God says here, I'm gonna give my spirit to the church and I'm gonna speak through and in through the church. So friend, if you're not in community group or you're thinking about pulling out of your community group or your community group is having a really, really difficult or challenging time and you're thinking, should I stay at this church? Should I be with these people anymore? Yes, you should stay. Why? Because that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that unity there, he wants to give birth to in the church. He wants to continue of the unity of the saints. He wants to speak through. Even if it's a hard word for you in community group and people are telling you stuff that you don't like and it's challenging for you, stay in it. God's using it. God's speaking through it. Do not leave it. Guys, the Holy Spirit empowers us for not only does he give us the gift of salvation, but the Holy Spirit is the gift giver. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that he gives spiritual gifts. Ephesians four, we see that he gives people gifts. He's giving manifestations of the Spirit. The Spirit's empowering us for ministry in the world. There are different kinds of gifts, but it's the same Spirit who distributes the gifts. Every person in our churches are needed, they're essential, they're important, they're valuable, and you got to be with each other. Guys, I need the people that are prophets in our church. I need the evangelists, I need the shepherds, I need the teachers. You got the gift of leadership, we need you. You got the gift of mercy and service, we need you. Whatever gift you have, we need you here, and we need you to walk with the Spirit to exercise these gifts so we can deeper experience God, amen? So church, we've got it, we need each other. We need each other in this. And we get to experience God when we're obedient to this. All of you in Christ have been given a spiritual gift. All of you. And you don't have to take a test to like figure out what that is, but he's given you these gifts so that others can experience God. Not just the gift to be a special gift, but so that others can experience God more fully when those gifts are exercised. So friends, this is important for us. I want you to walk with God more, which means you and I, I've gotta have some accountability about us walking with God personally so that others can be ministered to in that way as well. The last thing, and this is what Bland, Pastor Bland prayed for, for what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit sends us. He sends us. Just like the Holy Spirit was the helper sent 
from heaven to indwell mankind of those who believe in Jesus. Now we are sent by the sender to others. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and then it gets bigger in Judea and then it gets bigger to Samaria and then it goes to all the ends of the earth. God saved you so he could send you. So that means your roommate, my friend, your coworker, your family member, our children in foster care. Gosh, they're there and they don't yet know this Jesus. We just talked about together. This one that chases and that loves no matter what. We've got people in our city, millions of them, sitting in guilt and shame with marriages, they're struggling. We've, we've met parents that gave up their children, tons of things. And God has put you and I in this city for such a time as this to love and share Jesus with our friends and neighbors. The same spirit that reached you wants you to reach our friends and neighbors, not to put the gospel and slam on their throat, but to lovingly walk with them, to show them this Jesus. So listen, without the Holy Spirit, friends, there's no new birth. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no confession that Jesus is Lord without the Spirit. There's no victory in sin without the Spirit. There's no progress in sanctification without the Spirit. There's no spiritual wisdom without the Spirit. There's no spiritual gifts. There's no resurrection. We call it quits. But because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, you and I are family. We see his beautiful work in the Trinity. We have the written word of God. He's working in us. He's working through us. And he's making sure that you stay a Christian for the rest of your life and grow and walk with Jesus. Have a life of flourishing. When you get to heaven, you get to see God face to face and live perfectly without sin, without heartache, without death, without any struggles the rest of your life. And God ensures that happens for you. This is the God we worship. I believe in the Holy Spirit. This is our God, church. And let us continue to follow him and obey him and be sensitive to his leading. Let's pray. Spirit, you work in powerful, specific ways for each and every person in this room. God, there are some that are here today that are are visiting for the first time, they're exploring their faith, and God, we thank you for bringing them here. We know that that's a ministry of you, Holy Spirit. If there's a non-Christian guest or friend that's gathered, I pray that now, God, you will help them to consider the truths of the gospel, that their life is meaningful, and it matters because they're made under your characteristics, your attributes that you've shared with them. Their life has intrinsic value because of that. But because we've wandered from you, we've left this plan of flourishing and protecting this, this love of you. But God, you didn't leave us there. You came after us and pursued us. So much so that you died in our place where we should have died under the just hand of God. But then you rose from the grave and you called the spirit, go. And God, you sent the Holy Spirit to my heart. When I didn't know mercy had my address, God, you gave them the address. When our worship team and our group leaders, our family, our spouses, our friends, if we're in Christ, the Holy Spirit sent to us. If anyone in this room now feels the presence of God coming for their heart, would they please, God, would you help them? Give them the gift of faith to believe, to trust now and say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me, give me a life with you. I want to know 
this pursuer, this lover, this design that you live for me. I want to know, God, would you give the gift of faith now in the powerful name of Jesus? For those of us in this room, we felt distant from you. We stopped reading our Bible. We stopped praying. We wondered, is anybody caring for me? Is anybody ministering to me? We look in the Bible and we say, yes. There's a triune God that ministers to me, prays for me. He sees me, he seeks me, he speaks to me, he keeps me, he holds me, he comforts me. He's coming again. He's going to be with me for all of eternity. There's one that sees you in the dead of night, in the deepest struggle, he sees you, he loves you. And Christian, no matter how far you went, God, would you help them to turn to you, Jesus? God, if you're giving our church a specific word from the scripture to speak to each other, help us to not back. Help us to walk in unity because of the spirit of unity that's alive in our churches. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you send more of us to the nations? In the powerful name that we pray, amen.